Hi, welcome to the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast, where every week I do a deep dive into the strategies and mindset behind launching, scaling, and leading a high-impact nonprofit. I'm your host, Rick Ritchie Babbage. Working to make the world a more just and beautiful place is messy, complex, heart-wrenching, and ultimately deeply joyful and fulfilling work. And none of us can do it alone. That's why I started this podcast, this mastermind community, to hold space for and share the learnings and the questions and the grapplings and the actual concrete strategies that allow us to move our social impact work forward together. So welcome to the mastermind. I'm so glad you're here. So my husband and I fly with our kids every year to visit family outside of New York City where we live. And every flight, one of the kids' favorite things, it's weird, is to listen to the announcement and follow along in the little folded handout, like the safety announcement at the beginning, and see if they can track what's being said with what's in that sort of cartoon handout. They love it. So a couple of years ago, as the plane finished its takeoff, I could see that my oldest son was sort of crunching on something. He was still holding the the little cartoon folded handout and was just sort of noodling. His little face was all scrunched up. And I asked him if he was concerned about the flight or was there something that he was seeing that was making him nervous. But he actually asked about the masks that they had said, please remember to put your mask on first. And why? Why was that something that they were making a point to say? Why did it matter whose mask went on first? And it's actually a question that I think is an excellent metaphor for and reflection of shifts in my own life and my own understanding of how to navigate moments of panic and trouble and how to create balance. This tiny little random announcement series in a flight is this (laughs) powerful metaphor, it turns out. So when I was in college and in grad school, I traveled home to see my parents who lived in Michigan, and I went to school on the East Coast. And I never paid much attention to that part of the announcement. Who else would I mask first? There was nobody with me. There was nobody that I needed to sort of think about or care for in that way. Then I had kids, and I realized two things. One, when I'm in panic mode, my first and only thought is about them. So my instinct would be to make sure they're masked first, right? That would absolutely be my first thought, put their masks on. Second thing I realized is that if I pass out because I'm not wearing a mask, then they have no one to help them on that flight, right? If the three of us are flying and I make sure they're masked, that's excellent. But if I don't act in time to put on my own mask, to make sure I'm taken care of so I can help them, then masking them has not really amounted to much. In short, panic can make us short-sighted. So the instruction is actually brilliant, and again, a powerful metaphor. It's that we need a reminder to make sure we've secured our own mask as an override to the panic or at least another voice in there alongside the panic voice reminding us that if we pass out it's bad for everyone 
So the instruction, while it seems very simple and probably for most people not something you'd think to make a point to say when they could be announcing so many things about what to do if a flight is in trouble, it's actually this point about navigating life. Sometimes what we think to do in moments or periods of our lives when we are feeling really stressed and really panicked, what our instinct tells us to do, it's not wrong, but it's not the only thing we need to think to do, right? We need to pause. We need to make sure that we have built in these overrides or these other voices in there alongside the panic response to make sure that we're keeping our eye on the entire situation, the entire chessboard, not to mix metaphors. So here's why I'm telling this story today. In the early years of running my organization, I never put on my own mask. I made sure my team took vacation. I made sure I was always available to troubleshoot and collaborate on problem solving with them and my board members. I took on more weight so that nobody on my team would burn out because I didn't want to lose them. I did a lot of putting on other people's masks, so to speak. And honestly, we paid the price sometimes. I constantly felt like I was running to catch up with my organization. Like there were balls that maybe weren't dropping, but just because I caught them at the last moment. I didn't feel intentional or strategic about most of the decisions that I was making. I felt like I was missing synergies between partnerships and opportunities for funding. Like I wasn't engaging with my board the way that I would want to, so I wasn't fully leveraging them as partners. I didn't have a solid handle on our numbers. I knew what money we had in the bank and when it was coming in and how it was going out. But only quarterly, for example, did I really step back and step up and assess what all of that meant for our overall financial health. And for me personally, I danced right up to the edge of burnout more times than I care to remember. Until I realized that if I went down, so did the ship. If I didn't find some way to make time for the visioning and the planning and the strategic thinking for the powerful pause, which I've talked about on this podcast before, for the level setting and the big picture assessment and the reflection that are central to my job as the leader of the organization, then all of the hustling and caretaking and weight carrying and putting on everyone else's masks and being in the weeds that I was doing, none of it would matter. At best, we would stall. We would plateau financially and in terms of our impact. And at worst, we would all burn out and have diminishing impact in the world, which is counter to the whole reason any of us were doing the work we were doing. So I began in earnest to add some tools to my belt for putting on my own mask. And I worked on seeing that not as a nice to have or something to feel like I had to squeeze in between the quote unquote real work. I came to see that taking time for my own leadership priorities and needs and work, the high leverage work that I've talked about here on the podcast and in my newsletters, that that was actually a central pillar to my own leadership and to the health of my organization. That's why I thought I'd start with this story about the mask. 
So often we label putting on our own mask as a nice to have, but it's actually a must have. We must make time for our leadership or CEO level work, just as we make time for anything else that's critical if we want our organization to grow and be sustainable. Now, I've talked about getting out of the weeds in a number of other episodes, and I've written about it a lot in my newsletters. I've shared other strategies like brain trusts and listening tours for elevating and expanding your thinking as a leader. And I will link to those episodes and those newsletter, the content in the newsletter in the show notes so that you have those resources as well. But today I want to talk about another strategy, and it's one that is actually of all of the ones that I've talked about sort of baking into or integrating into your lives, the one that I consider to be probably the most powerful. It's one that I used as a leader, that I still use as a business owner and coach, and that I coach leaders from all around the world on how to implement. It's called a CEO day. A lot of folks also call this a personal leadership retreat. They're the same thing. I've created and included a toolkit for implementing your own CEO day inside the nonprofit leadership resource hub. And I've included a link to that in the show notes. So if you would like sort of a guided support tool for crafting and implementing what I'm about to talk about here, you can check that out in the nonprofit leadership resource hub. So let's start with what is a CEO day? A CEO day is a half day or full day that you block out on your calendar to focus on reflection, visioning, strategy, and planning for whatever is most important in that phase of the year for you as the leader of your organization. Now, it's critical that you block out this time on your calendar so that nobody can book any meetings with you and that you actually craft a day where you spend time just focused on visioning, reflection, strategy, and planning, and recentering your leadership, your focus, and your perspective. This concept, this activity, is about creating space for really checking in on how the organization is doing, and for giving yourself space to think about the kind of organization that you are working to build, how you work with your team to do it, the kind of staff culture and board culture that you care about, and the kind of impact that you most want to have and whether you're on track, right? Big picture, really important anchor questions. Now, my suggestion here is to calendar at least two CEO days or personal leadership retreats every year. Quarterly would be ideal, but definitely at least two, right? mid-year towards the end of the year. We all plan board retreats, staff retreats, to create space for value-based and generative work with our staff, for work planning, and for moving our work forward and reflecting as a team. What I'm suggesting here is that you do the same for yourself as the leader. You treat the leadership role as just as central a role as the staff or the board. And you plan a half day or a full day retreat to reflect on and strategize around that role. Now, this is not a personal day. It's not about getting a massage or sitting by a pool, although I also suggest planning some of those throughout the year the year for yourself. 
My recommendation is that you treat the CEO day the same way you would a staff or board retreat. You identify your objectives for the day and you plan an agenda. The main difference is that this agenda is aimed not at helping your staff to bond or your board to do strategic thinking or planning together. Rather, it's about taking a step back as the leader of the organization and checking in about how you're doing. I'm going to walk through how I coach folks to structure their day, their agenda and their time in either a half day or I'm going to talk about it here as if it's a full day because that's actually what I recommend. I would organize the day first around a series of five high leverage sort of above the fray, looking at the whole chessboard analytical questions. And these five questions are organized from generative to strategic to tactical so that you're taking a big picture look at all levels from your organization. First two questions are generative questions. First, how is the organization doing at living its values? How are these showing up in our programs? How we work together, how we hire, how I work with the board, how the board works with one another, how we work with our partners, how we raise money. We have values as an organization and are we working and growing in alignment with those values? And very often, something like a CEO day is really the only chance you're gonna have to actually sit and say, are we off track? Are we on track? What does it mean to be a values aligned organization? And that can actually be a really important thing to check in about, particularly if you are an organization that is going through tremendous growth or transition. So the first question in your agenda, the first part of your agenda should be organized around this generative question of how the organization is doing at living its values. Second, what are my roots, skills, values, and desires as the leader of this organization? Your roots are the things that ground you. What are you grappling with right now at your own core as a leader? What values guide you and help you keep leaning in when the work gets tough or heavy? What skills do you bring to the table that you are leveraging really well that you could leverage better? And what do you strive to do better and to become, right? So these first two generative questions or the beginning of your day is how are we doing organizationally at living into our values? Right? Very big picture, very sort of tectonic, who are we, how are we stuff? And then the same basic question for you, right? how am I doing as a leader? Am I feeling grounded? What am I struggling with? What am I doing well? And what would I like to do better? Then you move into two strategic questions. The first is, how well is our structure serving us? This is where you look at the work that you need to get done for the year, if you're doing this, say, at the beginning of the year or for the next quarter or for the next half a year, whatever the time horizon is that you set for the scope of this retreat. And again, I recommend quarterly. So really you'd say, what's the work that we need to get done over the next quarter? And what are the roles that we need to fill it? Do we have the right roles being filled in our organization? Are there roles missing? Are there chunks of work that nobody owns? 
do our roles need to be shifted or expanded or redefined in order to keep us on track to achieving our organizational goals? Right? Have we structured the ownership of work the right way? Do we have the board that we need? Have we structured our governance body the right way? In your own personal opinion, right? and this is not checking in with your board chair, this is not reading all of the things about what makes a good board, this is a gut check. What do you think is working and what do you think is not working? What needs to change? It's important to make time to reconnect with your own leadership instinct, your gut, so that when the noise of every day is surrounding you, you're still tapped into your own inner guiding voice as a leader. Sometimes it's the one thing that we have to keep us steady when we're being tossed around by the opinions and needs and desires of all of the people that we are helping to steward. So the third question is a strategic one, and it is how well is our structure serving us, right? The structure of our team, the structure of our board, and then lastly, the structure of our programs. Are we running our programs in a way that is aligned with our theory of change? Have distractions crept in? Have opportunities to do exciting work actually resulted in a little bit of mission drift? Are we structuring our work the right way to serve our mission? The fourth orienting question is also a strategic one. How am I doing as a leader at creating a container in which my team can do their best work? This is where I want you to look at each member of your team, each member of your staff, and each member of your board. This is their collectively your team and ask gut check again, where are they strong? Right? Where, where are they really good? When I have a question or a challenge or a type of work, who do I turn to? And for each person on your team, how can that strength be leveraged within their role and within the organization? Are we as an organization and I as a leader doing enough to leverage where they are strong, to celebrate it, to use it, to maximize it so that our mission and our work is getting the most it can from the people that are on this team and so that they see how their strengths are helping move our mission forward. Flip side, where do they have room to grow? And what can this organization do to support that growth? Think about your professional development tools and policies and programs. Think about the kinds of conversations that you have in your staff retreats and your check-ins, right? So for each member of your team, where are they strong and how can we leverage that? And where is there room to grow? And what can we do to shore up that growth? And then the second part of creating a container for your team to do their best work is, to ask yourself how you are supporting the collective, the collective team. What efforts are being put towards building that interstitial tissue that builds culture and makes them a team and not just a collection of individuals? And you wanna do that on your staff level and on your board level. So this fourth question, how am I doing at creating a container in which my team can do their best work? And I'm defining team expansively as everyone under the tent with you, your staff and your board. The fifth question is a tactical one. How are our numbers? This is where you take a hard look at the big picture metrics. So it's still big picture. It's still looking at the full organization, but it's tactical. 
This is where you look at your metrics of financial health, your strategic plan KPIs, your evaluation plan and your program outcomes and your fundraising metrics. This is where you can pause and reflect on what those numbers are actually saying to you. What themes and trends are you seeing? What questions do you have? What don't you understand? What red flags are you now seeing? Because you're actually pausing and saying, let me dig into these numbers. What doesn't make sense here? What does make sense? What's really great and exciting? So for each of these five questions, the two generative questions, the two strategic questions, and the final tactical question, really take time to reflect. Let your brain go fuzzy, as it were. I am a child of the 70s and 80s, and in the, I think, mid-80s, they had those pictures that didn't look like anything. It was all sort of messy and chaotic. But if you let your eyes sort of go fuzzy, then the picture emerged. And so I like to talk about letting your brain go fuzzy sometimes, right? Stop focusing on what you are seeing right in front of you and just sort of relax your brain and see what emerges. And sometimes that is one of the best ways to do sense making, to just listen to what emerges. And so as you're thinking about each of these five anchor questions for your CEO day, really makes sense by letting your brain go fuzzy and reflecting on what comes to mind for each of those. Brainstorm, organize, and really listen to what your gut, what your inner leadership voice is telling you. These five questions are really important. They encourage you to think about your organization as a whole at multiple levels, whereas we typically spend time focused on one two, three sort of aspects of our organization. So these are really questions that encourage you to and create space for you to elevate your thinking and engagement and to really look at your organization from different sides and at different levels. As you're reflecting, ask yourself, what have I lifted up that's working? Look back at your notes, take time during the day to name those things that are working. When you're thinking about how the organization is doing it, living into its values, or how you are creating space for your team to flourish, make sure to name the things that are, that are good, that you're getting right. When we're moving forward, particularly as leaders, we rarely take time to celebrate our wins and the things that we're doing well. And it's a really important part of sort of filling our own bucket and sustaining ourselves. And finally, ask yourself on the flip side of the coin, Where are your personal growth edges? Where do you have things to learn? Where do you want to grow next as a leader? Now, the answer to these questions, both the where are there things to celebrate and where are there areas for me to grow as a leader and for our organization to grow structurally and operationally, the answer to these questions can help highlight the kinds of strategic questions you want to bring back to your board and your staff, as well as tactical questions and skills that you want to build so they can be focusing questions. Now you take these reflections, what you've seen about what's working and what's not working, questions you have, areas that you've lifted up that you're struggling with or that you really want to sort of bring forward to work on, and you wrap the day up with planning. You take what's come out of the day and fold it into a concrete set of your own leadership objectives for the coming quarter or half year. 
Now, I have a great guide for what I teach as the posted planning method inside the CEO Day Toolkit, which, as I said, is available in the Resource Hub. So you'll have a link to that. In that training, I walk through a quarterly work planning process that I've used for the last 22 years that you can do in an hour. It's about constructing a work plan that is that bridges the gap from strategic to tactical. It's highly focused and it's a great way to wrap up the CEO day and to take your reflections and turn them into action steps. This is about giving you a guidepost to keep you anchored as the chaos of every day swirls around you. You can know that your objectives, the tasks that you've identified, new partnerships, maybe just a single intention to focus on team culture for the quarter, that these decision points are rooted in reflection and analysis. I have a friend who takes one day every quarter and goes hiking. For him, he thinks best and is calmest inside when he's outdoors. So he rents a small cabin in upstate New York just for the day and spends the morning hiking and reflecting and journaling around these five questions, right? There's it's nothing really fancy, it's really simple. He just uses these five questions as a guide for deep reflection for the day. By taking the time, just that one day every quarter, to breathe into and create real space for this reflection and engagement, and by naming the things that he discovers, he has found that he gains real clarity about his direction as a leader, and as part of a bigger team. The one last thing I'll say is that there is no silver bullet to leadership and to reducing overwhelm and to getting out of the weeds and to leading with intention and all of the things. And it doesn't come easy or simple just because you have really good strategies and tactics. Making time to work on your organization may always be tough. It, it was for me, but you got to do it. Doing it doesn't have to mean hours upon hours every week. You can use simple strategies like this, like a CEO day once a quarter, like the listening tours that I've talked about or the brain trusts that I've talked about. You can build your own set of strategies or tools to integrate different modes and levels of thinking into your work throughout the year. It will make you stronger as a leader and I guarantee you, I promise you, it will make your entire organization stronger and more sustainable. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. If you liked this podcast, I would also love for you to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you think that what we talk about here could benefit another leader in your life, please share with your friends. Finally, if you'd like more leadership in your life, you can sign up for my weekly five-minute read Leadership Forward 321 newsletter. I send articles, resources, and inspiration every week curated around a leadership theme to help you lead your nonprofit better. You can sign up at richiebabbage.com backslash Leadership Forward 321. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind.